Welcome to the Every Day is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion. So make sure you are fastened in Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. You're in for a treat. You are in for a treat today. Welcome back, Saturday Nation. I hope you're having an amazing day. Hey, I uh, caught up with my good buddy, Les Brown, legendary motivational speaker, trainer. I mean, who doesn't know Les Brown? So I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to dive right into the interview. This is a Facebook Live that I just finished up, uh, really, just about 10 minutes ago. So the audio should be good. Everything should be cool. Just know that we're not you know, in studio or anything like that. We're actually doing it on a Facebook Live. But man, just a treasure trove. This is one of those interviews you're going to want to listen back. Open up the notes section of your smartphone. Stop it. Put down some notes. Just, just like, like I told Les in the interview, I feel like I'm just digging into a treasure, like just a big old treasure. It was great to catch up with such a good friend. So here you go. All right, we're live right now, Les. How are you, my man? I'm great, and so are you. It's been a long time. It's been a minute. It has been a hot minute. I was trying to think. Um, I, it's been nine years, uh, I believe, nine years since you and I last saw each other, and that's nine years too long, by the way. Yeah, so. Absolutely. So what good things have you been up to? Well, <laughs> having more kids, you know, uh, the last time you and I saw each other, I had three daughters, and in 2014, we ended up having our fourth child, Susan, and she was born at 24 weeks. My wife's water broke at 23 weeks, so she went to Cincinnati Children's Hospital, and she was born, given very little chance to live, and if she did live, an 85% chance of a profound neurological disorder. And man, we prayed over that little girl for the longest time. She spent 221 days at Children's Hospital, came home on a trach, a ventilator, all this. We turned our house into a hospital. All that's gone through the miracle of God. And I wrote a book called One More Breath because all we wanted her to do was to take one more breath. And dude, let me tell you something, Leslie. She is six years old. She can't speak all that great. She still has a stuttering problem, still has a G2, but this girl is a fighter, a fighter. Mm. Wow. To God be the glory. Amen. Yeah. Amen, brother. Fantastic. So All right. when I saw what, you, I was just what, getting what's your name? Susan. Susan. All right. Susan mm-hmm. Catherine. Susan Catherine Crowley. So yeah. uh, hey man, this is an honor. I know uh, you know, anytime I get a chance to check uh catch up with a legend like yourself is amazing. The first time I met you, I was so awestruck. It was at your live event out in LA back in 2010. I don't even know if you remember. I still talk about it all the time, like I was meeting Elvis Presley. I cannot forget that. My best friend, Alexander Williams, boo, he since made his transition, but he, that was his day as well. Yeah, every day is Saturday. Saturday, yes. You're, yeah, Saturday, yes. Saturday. His was Friday, yes. His was Friday. Yeah, what yeah. was his name? Alexander, we call him Boo. 
<laughs> hey man, that flat top, I'm so digging that. Kid and play house party, rocking it out. Come on now. <laughs> I love it. Hey man, so when I think of master storytellers, you're number one on the list. I mean, you can get a room of people from every every walk, every genre, every creed, every religion, every race. You can get everybody in a room captivated telling a story. And I think if there's one ability that can set somebody apart like that, especially online when everybody's like, oh, look, squirrel, and everybody's distracted. If you have the power of telling a story, you are in the top, top 1%. Have you always had that gift? Or does that set, like, how did you get good at doing that? Because that is a gift, my man. It, it, I was coached by a gentleman. His name is Mike Williams. And he wrote a book, which is available on Amazon, called The Road to Your Best Stuff. He's my mentor to this day, The Road to Your Best Stuff. And, and he, he really reminds me of what something that Steve Jobs said. Steve Jobs said, the storyteller is the most powerful person in the world. If you look at what's going on politically, and I, I ran for state representative in Columbus, Ohio, I beat a, a 22-year incumbent, and I realized the power of story to influence people, to influence voters in politics. It's about four stories, the story you tell about yourself and the story you tell about your opponent, the story your opponent tells about themselves and the story they tell about you. And who's most effective in that area will be the one that will win. And so it's something as a skilled fast company magazine have an article now that's out that said the most powerful tool that a person needs above and beyond their technical skills is the ability to communicate. Mm. That's major. That's far ahead of any other skill that one will have because the technical stuff they can teach them. But learning how to become an effective communicator is major in corporate settings, entrepreneurs, businesses, organizations, people from all walks of life. But Les, you don't understand, man. You don't understand. My story isn't anything special. I'm just a corporate drone out there. I want to get into teaching people how to lose weight, for example, because I've gotten in some great shape. But there's a million people out there doing weight loss and fitness. I'll just get lost in a whole sea of sameness. You don't know. You're Les Brown. I'm just Sam Crowell. I'm a nobody in Midwest Ohio. Nobody wants to hear my story. It's not exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that you're here today. I, I want to share something with you. How many have a goal of, of getting in real good shape and releasing some weight? And notice I didn't say lose weight because anything you lose, you go look for it. But release weight. My name is Sam Crowley, and I want to share with you this journey that I've been on and how I did it. And, and, and one of the things that I, I realize that everybody and that's seen all these various systems, they all work, but here's what really works, and that is commitment. Think about the things that you wanna do, improving your health, you think about your family, you think about the kind of life that you want to live and, and have a more expensive life, that your commitment, being all in, not until I was committed, not until, I made up my mind that I was committed 
to live a different kind of life. And, and, and the difference between being involved and being physically fit and being committed, the next time you have bacon and eggs, look at it. The chicken was involved. The pig was committed. I was committed to doing it. And as a result of that, through my example, I've been able to help people through my example. I've been able to encourage and motivate and inspire people to reach higher because most people go to an early grave that they dig with their teeth. Mm. Nothing as good as health feels. So I'm going to share with you what I've done. I call it the Crawley formula. One, you've got to be committed. Two, you've got to rethink your life. Uh, three, you've got to be optimistic and see the possibilities that you can make it happen. And the W stands for you've got to be willing to do the work. And when you think about it, you know, you, you can do it. You can do it. The, the people who can tell the best story about what they do, if it's losing weight, anything in any area, keep in mind, attention is the new currency. Yeah. You know how many people are out there, but your ability to tell the story about your skills, about your knowledge, about your journey, what you've overcome, what you have gone through and gotten on the other side, that the ability to attract attention, number one, number two, to create experience with your story that will hold the attention, and three, to direct the attention. That's why attention is the new currency. So it doesn't matter how many people are there. They told me that last over 3,000 members of the National Speakers Association, you'll never be seen. You'll never be noticed. Mm. And I, I don't let people tell me what I can't do, especially if they haven't done it. Oh, man, there's so many gold nuggets in that. Let You know, back when you first got started, there wasn't the Internet. Like you literally had to share yeah. your message with people and figure out a way to get booked on stage. On stage. I remember a story you told me one time that you ate for six months because you overbooked <laughs> the food for an event where you had all of these people, maybe 3,000 people you thought were going to come to an event and only a few. And you said you ate like a king, your whole family ate. Share with, when you first got started, how did you not get demoralized when you would book an event? It's less round. I'm doing a two-day event, a three-day event. A handful of people show up. You think a thousand people are showing up. Why didn't you just give up and say, oh my God, what did I get myself into? Well, as you are aware, it all deals with the why. I had a goal. Nietzsche said, if you know the why for living, you can endure almost anyhow. When he wrote the book called Man's Search for Meaning. And he said, there were three types of people that were able to survive the extreme cruelty of Nazism. He said, those who loved someone that they felt very strongly about, that they, they wanted to do something for. Those who had a spiritual connection and those who had some commitment to a cause that was bigger than themselves. Mm. I'm adopted. I'm one of seven children. And I was a foster kid, then adopted. I'm here because of two women. One gave me life. The other one gave me love. God took me out of my biological mother's womb and placed me in the heart of my adopted mother. I made up my mind. I said, Mama, what is it, Leslie? Mama only had a third grade education. She worked on Miami Beach for wealthy families. I said, when I become a man, I'm going to take care of you. When I become a man, 
I'm going to buy you a big, beautiful home. That was a commitment. That drove and consumed my life. And, and that's what has kept me going all these years. I feel like Abraham Lincoln, who said, all that I am and all that I ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. And I achieved that goal. I never forget. We were going in an area of North Miami Beach, and I knew she would love this home. And I had the lady who was driving us named Shirley Bannister to take me down this road that she showed me this home. And Mama said, stop, stop, Miss Bannister. Look, Leslie, if I lived in something like that, I would feel like Mrs. Rockefeller. I said, Mama, you really like that? She said, yes. I said, Shirley, make a U-turn. I know the people who live there. And Mama was 78 at the time. And I went around and opened the door and, and she held my arm and we started walking toward the house and she stopped me. She said, Leslie, are you sure you know these people, boy? <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am, Mama, I do. I got to the door, Sam, and I couldn't hold it any longer. I put the key in. And I opened the door and I said, Mrs. Rockefeller, this is your home. Wow. She looked at me in disbelief. She said, what are you talking about? I said, Mama, this is yours. It's fully furnished. Everything's paid for. She looked inside. She said, Leslie, you didn't have to do this. I said, no, I know, Mama, but you didn't have to adopt us either. And she said, anybody home? <laughs> There's nobody here but us. And we walked in and she looked at it. Everything was furnished and the paintings on the wall, carpet. I, I moved out of a house that had linoleum. And she walked from room to room saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And she looked at me and she said, Leslie, you were such a problem, child. I said, I know, but I got money now. <laughs> that is a great story, man. That was an evolving force in my life because she was an unstoppable person. She promised our birth mother, according to our godfather, Mr. Moss, that we will never go to bed hungry, that we will always have food on the table and clothes on our back. And I'm just like my mother. When I had my nationally syndicated talk show, I would end it by saying, this has been Mrs. Mamie Brown's baby boy, because I'm just like mama. What does your relationship with, with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ, how does that play an impact in your everyday life? If you put God first, you'll never come in second. <laughs> I'm here because of God's grace and mercy. And, and, and one of the great, very good examples is 27 years ago, I was diagnosed with terminal prostate cancer. And Dr. Alfred Gosen, who was one of the leading oncologists at that time, said, Mr. Brown, he said, you have prostate cancer. Your PSA is 2,400. I said, what does that mean? He said, it, it means prostate-specific antigen. I said, okay. He said, one to four is normal. He said, this is serious. And he said, it is metastasized to seven areas of your body, 3% of your T1 vertebrae. So I said, whoa. 
He said, why are you smiling? I said, man, seven is my lucky number. <laughs> he looked at his nurse. He said, this is a strange one. I said, can you give me a second opinion? He said, yes. And you're ugly, too. I said, no, you didn't. I know you didn't go there. I know you didn't call me ugly. He said, I did. But you got this. <laughs> he said, you got this. He said, we determined the diagnosis. You and God determines the prognosis. I never tell my patients they're terminally ill. Forget about what the other doctor said. I say that my ability, my talents, and my skills have terminated. Mm. Now it's up to you and God. Mm. It's on you and God to come through this experience. That was 27 years ago. 27 years ago. I'm here because of God's grace and mercy. And I'm grateful. Wow. Wow. That is such a testimony, man. Praise God. 27 years. Mm -hmm. That is unbelievable. Well, it's yeah. you have faith. Yeah. You know, when you I'm still kicking at 75. <laughs> Are you 75? Man, you look yes. good. Wow. Looking good, man. Hey, a faith I I love the I love that phrase. A faith that's never been tested can't be trusted. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you got to have faith. You got to have faith. But then when some sort of adversity hits, that's the like the last thing they think of is, you know, you got to have faith. I, I don't think faith is even real unless you're put in a situation where, like you described with your diagnosis or maybe a bankruptcy or something along those lines. How you've had a lot of adversity and you've coached a lot of people through adversity when failure strikes, when the cataclysmic, the bankruptcy, the divorce, the health scare, something like that. How do you get out of bed the next day? How do you create momentum in the eye of the hurricane? You know something that Zig Ziglar said? He said, most people in a fearful situation, and we're in this place now with the coronavirus, he said, the majority of people forget everything and run. He said, but there are a few people in a fearful situation they face everything and rise. Mm. And, 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 and the ones that, that are able to do that understand the words, I'll keep thee in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You want to be concerned, but not consume, whose mind is stayed on thee, not on thee and corona. You want to keep social distance from people and the refrigerator. <laughs> but if you keep your mind focused on him and have a ritual that you engage in when i first wake up in the morning i said lord whatever i face today together you and i can handle it all things work together for good for those who love god and for those who are called according to amen. his purpose amen We're Focus goes, energy flows, and you have to discipline your mind. We can't control the thoughts that come in our minds, but we can control the thoughts that we dwell on. And you have to make a conscious, deliberate, determined effort to do that, to immerse yourself, to saturate your mind with things that will empower you, that will allow you to live out of your imagination rather than your history. He said, I'll give you all your eyes can see. Hold a vision of that which you're working toward. 
already accomplished. Call forth those things that be not as though they were. When I get up in the morning, I say, I thank God I'm healed. Thank you, Father. People say, well, when, when is it going to happen? I said, I don't know, but I'm still here. I said, there are a lot of people gone, but I'm still here. I woke up this morning. I said, the people who really want to know what is going to happen, they're taking a dirt nap. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I'm still here. I didn't have a chalk outline around my body. I got a pulse. I'm still here, and I'm grateful. <laughs> Are you are you afraid of dying now that you're 75 years old and you're 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 closer to your last day on earth than your first day? Do you fear death? No, I Here's what I do fear. I fear leaving here and not accomplishing the goals that I have set for myself. A good man leaves a legacy for his children and his children's children. At this stage, knowing that I have more yesterdays than tomorrows, I, I, I'm forthright and deliberate and focus on living a life of no regrets. So what I'm doing, first, I have a strategy for being here. Being here is not a given. You've got to take care of yourself. The Bible says watch as well as pray. The next thing is work while there's still light. So I have things that I'm working on that will help to create a synergy and, and a greater relationship in my my children and, and them working with each other because one of the most challenging goals that one can possibly have is you know it's getting kids to work together. Yeah. I don't care how your children are, they're still your children. I have five boys and five girls when the Lord said be fruitful and multiply, I took him seriously. <laughs> I have 15 grandchildren and four great-grandsons. And so my goal is to, to help them to learn how to work together and, and building businesses with them and, and many of my colleagues because I realize it's not what you leave for your children, it's what you leave in your children mm. that matters most. And that's what I'm focusing on, what I leave in them because what I've accomplished is nothing compared to what they're going to do. I say, you're here to do the greater work. What I've achieved, all children should always go beyond their parents. Your grandmother, she only had a third grade education. But what I've done because of what I got from her, I've stood on her shoulders and I've taken it to another level. Now you, based upon what I've done, you now have the opportunity to take what you've learned from me into the future to do the greater work. I love that. I love that. You know, I, um, a couple more questions for you because I know I, I want to make sure we maximize our time to go. I could talk to you for three days, let alone, you know, just this little time we have together. But I'm so glad to see you and to talk with you. Don't worry about the time. It's been so long, man. It's just been, I just, yeah. you know, it's like I'm digging into a treasure here and I don't want to stop. You know, it's like, yeah, there's so, there's, help yourself. I'm available. Everything that I have, I received. As ah, the Everyday Saturday community is made up of a lot of business people that are either struggling in business or they are in it, they're an employee and they're afraid to make the leap to go for their dream. They've got their 401k, they've got their health insurance, they've got stock options, they've got pension plans. 
they are so fearful of making that leap to go what they feel, really feel God's plan is for their life. But they're trapped, man. They got the big mortgage. They got the car payment. They got kids in college. What advice would you give to someone to make an exit plan to leave that which is draining them to go for their dream, knowing that if they quit their job, there's no income coming in, so they can't do that right away. But how do they drum up the courage to actually go chase that dream with all those golden handcuffs? Well, first of all, they don't have to quit their job. That's number one. And number two, it's easier to exit, to plan your exit plan quicker and more effectively than ever before because of the computer. 2007 Time Magazine said the computer is the person of the year. So as they look at themselves, look at their goals and dreams, we've gone from brick and mortar to click and order. Mm. Now, people can, through the comfort of their home, comfort and safety of their home, have a global business using their voice, using their knowledge, using their story, and creating collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships to make a national and global impact. We were created by the creator to create. And so in this place where we are right now, people have the opportunity through just virtually, I give three to four speeches and trainings a day, wow. virtually in the house, okay? on the computer, knowledge is very important. If they invest in themselves, I've created something that's called the your power voice, it's your superpower, that if you focus on learning something new, Robert Shula said, we either expand or we are expandable. When, when the disciples were just baffled and frustrated and discouraged because they couldn't catch any fish. Jesus said, throw your nets on the other side. So we're in this place where we have to throw our nets on the other side. We're in this place where Einstein said, the thinking that has brought me this far has created some problems that this thinking can't solve. And so I'm still learning the computer. And, and, and every day I've set a goal to learn something today that I did not know yesterday. So last week, I had a goal of earning $100,000. I did 105. Wow. And so the way that I did that was using my voice, my story, my knowledge, and my circle of, of collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships. None of us can make it by ourselves today. And so through those individuals that you have around you, that have more knowledge and skills and behind doors that you want to get behind. Through those relationships, you are sharing me with an audience that I could not reach otherwise. But we have a history, we have a relationship. Creating relationship capital, always like the words of Jim Rowan, he said, look at the people in your life and ask the question, what are these relationships doing to me? Am I becoming a better person? Am I growing mentally and emotionally and spiritually? Uh, what kind of impact are they having on my life? Because people rub off on you. So this is a time, my daughter said, gaps are from God. This is a time during this period 
that we can rethink our lives and evaluate the relationships that we have. You know, life is like an elevator. The higher you go up, you have to stop and let some people off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And, and, And so it's easier now through coaching. I encourage people to get a coach, somebody who's been there, done that, and achieve what it is you want to achieve. Why? Because you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. You can't read the label when you're locked in the box. So Muhammad Ali said, I'm the greatest, but he never won a championship without Angelo Dundee. Michael Jordan, as great as he was, he never won a championship without Phil Jackson. So all of us at different points in our lives are like former heavyweight champion, Joe Frazier, who said that all of us are in different points in our lives are like a blind man who needs someone to lead us across the street. I encourage those people to align themselves with someone who has the experience, someone who's achieved what they want to achieve, that will teach them how to use their voice, how to use their story, and how to use their knowledge, because it's needed in this economy, it needed in this country, mm-hmm. and there are eight billion people on the planet and people around the world. I've spoken in 51 different countries. There are things that we take for granted. Trust me on this. We're the greatest country on the planet and we never stop being great. And as we look at ourselves, there are things that we just have no idea how valuable they are. That's that, that, that those things are to people in other countries. I just, when I got back from Dubai, when I speak out of the country, I get $225,000 an hour. And when I landed just before the lockdown, the coronavirus took the smile off my face. It said, all of our engagements are gone. I said, they are? Yes. But the next week, I started doing speeches virtually. So no more gatherings. And I'm not going to come out the house till 2021. That's why I can speak squirrely, because I talk to squirrels during the day. And I enjoy my own company, and I enjoy my children and my grandchildren. And so this is a brand new time. This is a crisis. And as we know, crisis in the Chinese language means danger, but it also means opportunity. Many people believe that opportunity knocks on every door. And I say no. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for us to recognize it. Why did you, that's amazing. Why did you run for uh, political office back in the day? What inspired you to do that? A a friend of mine had, was late on his utility bills and he froze to death. He called, he called to try and, and get someone on the phone in the evening on Friday. And I was not aware of it at the time. And he couldn't get anybody. And I wanted to get I wanted to get some legislation passed that would prevent utility companies from terminating people's utilities on Friday because people could die mm. on the weekend and the winter in Columbus, Ohio by Monday morning with no heat, no gas, no electricity. And he froze to death. And and there was no legislation that had been introduced to prevent that from taking place. And I tried to get some legislators interested and they weren't. 
So I decided, the guy that I talked to and he had no interest, I said, well, I'll do it myself. You know, there's, there's no saying by George Washington, no, George Bernard Shaw. He said, the people that make it in this world, they look for the circumstances that they want. And if they find, can't find them, they create them. So I decided to create legislation that will help people in Ohio be able to go through the winter. And if they don't have the money, they don't have to be fearful of their utilities being cut off on Friday. They can terminate them on Thursday because now they can call Friday and get them turned back on. But not having the inhumane treatment, these are human beings and it's and their lives are worth far more than what they were paying in the utilities. Wow, incredibly passionate, man. Like you didn't even care. You just said it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about anything. You just wanted, you were that passionate about that topic. That's incredible. Yes. I encourage people to find something that they believe in. I, when I was in radio, I always said, stand up for what you believe in because you can fall for anything. I believe that we were put here to make a difference, to make our mark. Most people die, as you know, Sam, at age 25 and don't get buried until they're 65. I believe that we were chosen for such a time as this. I believe that we were chosen to live a life that will outlive us, to do the greater work. Yeah. And, and that as we do what we can, where we are with what we have, that which we can't do, God can pick up the slack and get it done. <laughs> he can and he, he will. He will. Um, yes. All right. Last three questions. Super serious questions. First, uh, Michael Jackson or Prince? Give me your number one. You can't Michael have, and you can't Jackson. be in. You can't. You can't go off. You know. Well, this you got to. Michael pick Jackson. Michael Jackson. Why? Yeah, I have a picture with Michael Jackson. I his 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 versatility. He was a student when I booked him in Columbus, Ohio. He to watch him. He studied Jackie Wilson, who was one of his heroes, and and James Brown. And as a young kid, 10 years old, that's when I met him. That's where our pictures together. He was always learning all that he could. It was his magnificent obsession, music, and always looking for ways in which he could improve himself and take his performance to the next level. He was a guy that marched to the beat of a different drummer. And I, I remember reading an article about a young man who, whose father had committed suicide, who had accused Michael Jackson of, of molesting his son. And, and the young man said, you know, my father made me say that. He never touched me. I lied. But he got a big settlement, you know, an out-of-court settlement. And, and he said he was one of the nicest people I've ever met. One of the things that you can find about entertainers and, and people, period, who are famous, you can tell a lot about people based upon how they treat people that they consider insignificant. And he loved children. Yeah. And I love that in him. I'm a, I'm a Mickey Mouse fan. M-I-C, see you real soon. K-E-Y-Y, because like you. Yeah. And so my former wife, Gladys Knight, she just texted me today. We, we had quite a few encounters with him and people like 
Sammy Davis Jr., Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra. I remember Frank Sinatra saying to a young man at Caesar's Palace, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Mm. And all of these encounters with people like that impacted my life. Man. Next yeah. I saw Michael Jackson when the, uh, they went on the Victory Tour in 1983, 84, whatever that, 84, uh, when they were selling it for $30 a ticket. You had to buy it in blocks of four. And it was this big, you know, everyone got up in arms. You know, it was an amazing concert. But then I saw Prince that year, and my mom forbid me to go see. He gyrates his hip. My mom was born in 1927, okay? You're not okay. going to go see that guy. I've seen him. That's but Well, anyway, I went and saw him in Buffalo. Both the concerts were in Buffalo. And they were both amazing entertainers. I just love, just love the art of entertainers. And I love how it's an escape from, you know, my mom had a very tough life. She raised eight of us by herself. And it, for me to get out of Bradford, Pennsylvania, drive 80 miles to Buffalo, New York, just to breathe the same air as Michael Jackson and Tito and Jack, you know, it was, it was like, it's such an escape. Music, a song can take you back immediately to a point in time when things were amazing in your life, no matter what is happening right now. And I think that's the power of music, you know? Without any question. If, if people go online and put in Les Brown and Eric Thomas, and they'll see a picture of Will Smith, we are speaking, and they have these pictures, but in addition to that, they have music under it. And the music, what it does is, is deliver the words past the conscious mind, to the subconscious mind. The music makes the words more powerful yeah. um, and, 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 and reach people in the heart. Where the heart is, there your treasure is also. Yes, next question, please. Next question, LeBron or Michael? Michael. No, whoa, you gotta explain. Because LeBron is an incredible player a great player, but Michael, he made other players great. He took, he, like Vince Lombardi, took ordinary players and brought greatness out of them. And so Michael, his, his performance inspired the others. His, his mindset was, I'm not an exception I'm an example of what you can do. And he raised all of their game. One of the things I teach in my new book called You've Got to Be Hungry. Oh, I love that. That is the principle of OQP, only quality people. That's very important. Why? You earn within two to $3,000 of your closest friends. And so you want to upgrade your relationships continuously. And when you are around someone who challenges you and introduce you to a part of yourself that you don't know, that you can't get to by yourself, that's phenomenal. So LeBron is a great performer on the basketball court, but Michael, he was a great inspiration and example and inspirer for the people around him. And he brought out the greatness in them. Love it. We got Michael. We got Michael. Last question. I got two tickets in my hand for tomorrow. There's a seminar happening. Jim Rohn speaking down the street. All right. And Zig Ziglar speaking right around the block. All right. They both start at 9 a.m. You can only choose one ticket to attend. Is it Zig or is it Jim Rohn? Jim Rohn. What? 
and I know both of them, and I, I have opened for both of them. They both were personal friends of mine. Because Jim, his, his range, his depth, he was a perpetual student. Zig Ziglar, and I train speakers now, and, 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 and his style is a reason that I was able to break through in the speaking industry. Zig had one speech that he gave everywhere. I was on a private plane that Sprint had been flying Zig and I and three other speakers to various Sprint locations to give a presentation. And so the CEO said to Zig, Zig, this audience has seen you before. You, you, you need to get a new speech. And he said, no, you need to get a new audience. <laughs> because that was it, okay? That's, he gave that one speech his whole career. Yeah. And there are other speakers that do the same thing. I teach and train speakers. Never let what you want to say get in the way of what your audience wants to hear. Oof. And all that getting, get understanding. Find out. What are the, the challenges? What's keeping them up, up at night? What's challenging them? What's stressing them out? Who are the presenters they've heard in the past? And, and what kind of experience that they want those people to walk away with? And what value you bring that can impact their bottom lines? Don't just go in there and do it an information dump. Oof. If information can change people, everybody would be skinny, rich, and happy. <laughs> 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 Jim Rowan was a perpetual student. I, we were speaking together in Singapore, and, and he was taking notes. I said, Jim, I'm sorry to tell you this. This is your stuff done with soul, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> That's if you saw me. If you came to see me speak, you'd be, I'd be saying the same thing to you. Les, don't worry, man. This is all your stuff. It's all your yeah. stuff. Yes, and so well, he cracked up, but I told him from the stage, man, I've been studying you for years. But Zig, he's a great presenter, but Jim saw himself as a statesman, and he was always learning. And he, he taught me the best speakers make the fewest words go the farthest. Wow, that's good stuff, man. All of that is legendary stuff. Uh, all right, I want everybody to go hunt down Les Brown online and get connected if you're not already. Les, where is the best place for people to connect with you so they can learn more about you, your product, your coaching, everything? If they like the one-on-one coaching and, and, and we, we, we have a few slots available, they can email me at lesbrown77 at gmail.com. lesbrown77 at gmail.com. My brand new book, and I want you to get it and help me get it on New York Times bestseller list. It's called You've Got to Be Hungry. Oh, <laughs> You've Got to Be Hungry, The Greatness Within to Win. And so they can get that on Amazon. You've got to be hungry. I bet. I've been speaking now with your help as well some 10 years ago. I've probably spoken to tens and thousands of people. And every time I use your video testimonial that you gave me in Los Angeles in the summer of 2010, I still use that. I'm 52 years old. You gave wow. me that when I was 42. Okay. I use it. And I always say from stage after I play that uh, video, I say, you got to be. And everybody just fills in the blank. I mean, you are 
Les, you are loved by so many people. You have enriched my life and the lives of so many people. And I just wish God's blessings and mercy upon you, upon your family, for supernatural blessings to come your way, your family's way, your grandchildren's way, because you have sown so many seeds of greatness into this world and the lives of people. You have done God's work. And thank you for that. I really appreciate that. To God be the glory. Thank you so much. And I'm so glad that we have reconnected. I'm yeah. so grateful. Yeah. Well, so grateful. When I saw your email, boy, I got sounds like a little kid. I said, Sam. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you so much. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure. Good luck to you. I'll chat. We're not going to wait till you're 85, though, to chat again. So I'll be hooked. I'll All be right. hooked. No, no, I'm normally bugging you. Let the record show. <laughs> All right, Les, have a great day, my friend. You too. Bye, Bye for now. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Another Everyday Saturday podcast in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Would you do your boy a favor? Would you get on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Everyday Saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show? It helps amazing people like you find the show faster. And that's what I'm looking for, amazing people like you. Hey, I'm always hanging out on the interwebs. You can check me out on Instagram, at Everyday is Saturday. Let me know you're listening to the show. Love, 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 love hearing from fans of the Everyday Saturday podcast. And one last thing, when you're ready to launch, get on my calendar. Go to launchwithsam.com. You and I are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'll see you on the next Everyday is Saturday podcast.